Welcome to another week of Come Follow Me, Disciples Journey. This week we will talk about uh, sections 115 through 120. Um, so, uh, this week, uh, I'm going to try to keep these f pretty brief, um, more for my benefit than yours. I've, for those of you who have been listening, you know I've got a little bit of a crazy life going on right now, and... Uh, got a little crazier just in the last few days. Our two-year-old broke her uh, leg, and uh, she's a rambunctious little girl who we like to call Taz uh, because she's a little bit of a Tasmanian devil. <clears throat> and uh, so we have to keep this uh, little two-year-old off her off her legs for three weeks. So it's going to be a fun uh, and interesting challenge. So, uh, getting to the point here and uh, trying to share some thoughts. Section 115 is where we'll start. Section 115 is, is a section that over the last uh, year and a half or so I've given a lot of thought to. Um, that I've read and studied a few, a few times. Um, specifically for... Verse 6, it says, And that the gathering together upon the land of Zion and upon her stakes may be for a defense and for a refuge from the storm and from wrath when it shall be poured out without mixture upon the whole earth. And not that I think that we are in the last day or last days, but we are in the last days. And I guess what I mean by that is, do I think that right now, this, this week, this day is like, we're... Like, the the coming of the Lord is just around the corner. I don't know. But what I know is that it's closer than it was um, in 1838 when this scripture was written, when this revelation was given uh, in, in far west to the prophet Joseph. And it seems as though to me that wrath is being poured out without mixture uh, more and more. Um, to me, I, again, this is just to me, I feel like I saw that last year in 2020 when the light of the temple went out around the world. There was no temple work. The temple work was shut down entirely. No living ordinances. No ordinances for the dead. And... Uh, I don't know. To me, that 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 looked like wrath without mixture, without without the um, opposite to combat it. It looked like darkness without the light, without light to to combat it. Now, was it completely darkness? No. We should have been lights to ourselves. We should have had oil reserved for ourselves. We should have had our homes as extensions of the temple. And many, 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 many people did, right? And so I'm not saying that it was just like all darkness. Um, but as the second coming of the Lord, as we call it, the second coming, um, marches closer and as the last days continue forward to toward the millennium, the church is meant to be a refuge that we're supposed to be gathered upon the land of Zion and, and upon her stakes 
for a defense and for a refuge. Um, another reason this scripture has come to my mind in the last year and a half plus several times is because of President Nelson's address uh, a couple years back about the proper and true name of the Church of Jesus Christ. Um, this is the section in which the church's name is given. Until this point, they had been calling themselves the Church of Jesus Christ or the Church of Christ, uh, more or less. <clears throat> and here, the Lord makes it very clear, For thus shall my church be called in the last days, even the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So, we've all read President Nelson's words recently, and so I wanted to read someone else's about this topic. Um, Elder B. H. Roberts said, "It will be observed that in the th first three, ver uh, sorry, it will be observed that in the verses three and four of this revelation, the Lord gives to the church his official name, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Previously, they had called the church the Church of Christ, the Church of Jesus Christ, the Church of God. Um, in 1834, it was given the name the Church of the Latter-day Saints. All of these names, however, were by revelation brushed aside, and since then, the official name given to in this revelation has been recognized as the true title of the church, though often spoken of as the Mormon Church, the Church of Christ, etc. The appropriateness of this title is self-evident, and it is there, in it there, a beautiful recognition of the of the relationship both of the Lord Jesus Christ and of the saints to the to the organization. It is the, their refuge from the confusion and the religious doubt of the world. It is their instructor in principle, doctrine, and righteousness. It is their guide in matters of faith and morals. They have a conjoint ownership in, its, in it with Jesus Christ, which ownership is beautifully recognized in the latter part of the title, The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The Lord in this section also tells us that the church is to be a standard to the nation, the standard to be held up. To say, come here, there is safety, there is refuge, there is a defense here. Uh, Elder Johnny Witzow, in the early years of World War II, wrote, What is our mission to the world? I have turned to the scriptures to get the answer, and have found the answer both in ancient and modern scriptures. It is the Church of Christ at all times must be a standard to the nations, a standard to which all nations and all people and all men may turn as they seek safety, peace, and happiness. It is our great mission to be a standard to all the world. And we say without hesitation that those who obey and comply with that standard will find that which men most desire in life. It is a bold declaration, tremendously bold, that a small people in the valleys of these mountains, misunderstood, often harassed by persecution, may become a standard by which all mankind may be led to peace and happiness. But it is so. I am not saying it. It is the word of the Lord, both in ancient and modern days. Uh, he also referenced Isaiah 62, uh, verses 10 through 12. If this standard would be accepted by the world things we pray and hope for would soon come. Let me say that the church of church of itself cannot be this standard. Since the church is made up of individuals, it becomes an individual responsibility to make the church a standard for the nations. I must be a standard in my life. I must conduct myself that I may be a standard worthy of being followed by those who seek the greater joy in life. And so it is up to all of us to create this and to, and to be a part of this standard and to create the refuge from the storm and the defense how? By gathering Israel and building Zion, by becoming a, by living uh, exemplary lives, by being unified with other saints, and by showing forth patience in our afflictions, showing faith in, our, in Christ through our afflictions. And for your reference, the Isaiah uh, verses that 
Although what's so excited to say, go through, go through the gates, prepare you the way of the people, cast up, cast up the highway, gather out of the stone, out of the stones, lift up a standard for the people. Behold, the Lord hath proclaimed unto the end of the world, say ye to the daughter of Zion, behold, thy salvation cometh. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. And they shall call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and thou shalt be called, sought out, a city not forsaken. And what is that city? The new Jerusalem, Zion. It's, what does it take? It takes effort, preparing the way, casting up, gathering out of the stones and lifting up and building a highway, building a, a standard. But it takes effort by each and every one of us to create this defense and refuge from the storm. Thanks for listening to this episode, and I uh, hope you join me in the next episode as we discuss section 116.